We'll see you in Buffalo in January. Be ready. It might be chilly. You heard the motherfucking man, doubt. Yo! You heard the motherfucking man, doubt. Motherfucking Steve Tasker. Salute! I'm fucking... I'm, I'm standing straight the fuck up right now, salute. Fucking... This ain't easy. Why well, I can't be in the military. At ease is not easy to me. Salute that motherfucking man, doubt. Steve motherfucking Tasker, son. If you don't know, now you know. Should be in the Hall of Fame. One of the greatest Bills receivers and returners of all time. I'm bowing down. Fucking love you, you 5'9 king. You short fucking king. Steve motherfucking Tasker, Dow. Alright? We're getting fucking serious. This episode of the Old New York Podcast. I'm not fucking playing. I'm not. No chilling around here. Fuck that. At, dude. Absolutely. Fuck that. We need to be on guard as a city. We need to be on guard as a fucking town. And the town surrounding are the fucking infrastructure of Orchard Park. They got fucking West Seneca, dude. I'm, ho I'm holding my post. I'm fucking right here with a, a big ass sword, chiseled jawline, ready to fucking go to bat for these boys. We got some motherfuckers in Elma. They're like, let's go, motherfucker. Bring it. Bring it! Just, we're not playing, dude. Cheek the Walkers got all their crackheads lined up. Crackheads and drug dealers ready to go. City of Buffalo. Fucking young flipper, bro. From Griselda. The fucking fiend. Just some dude one leg in a fucking wheelchair. Ready to go, dude. I swear to God. We need to be... You gotta be locked the fuck in this time of year when it comes to Bills football. You gotta be locked the fuck in when it comes to Sabres hockey and the Bandits are getting going, boys. We're going back to back. Calling it here. Calling it here. They're the 20, 2023 NLL champions. And they're running it back in 2024. Running it back like your mom. Running back to your father after they fucking argued after, you know, some little thing went down. But your boss and her assistant, and she left for a while. She went to a motel, and she probably got down too. But, you know, we're not going to even talk about it. She's coming back, just like the bandits are taking that championship again. Welcome to the old New York Mafia edition. Let's get the formal shit out of the way. Shout out motherfucking Matt Berrios, dude who made the logo. What a king you are. Thank you very much. Hit him up on Instagram at Mike underscore B Matt. He might do some illustrations for you if you need. Who fucking knows? But shout out to him. If you're listening to this podcast and have listened to every single episode of this podcast, thank you very much. I appreciate it. But show your support following here on Spotify, TikTok, Instagram, at The Old New York. We got clips and we got some new stuff coming. And it's coming very, very soon. So just be on the lookout. But we're fucking rolling in the playoffs. Uh, also, sorry about the small hiatus from posting. I wanted to get one out for the fucking Steelers game and I didn't because I'm currently. Working a new job, just got started there. I'm on new hours, I'm on a new schedule, so I'm trying to work everything around this. Love this podcast, I love doing it. And consistency would help the growth, to be 100% honest. So I just gotta be more consistent. But, you know, I'm trying to figure my life out, and at the end of the day, if I don't have money 
I don't have a podcast because I'm going to have to sell all this stuff and eventually have to fall into a very big, you know, spiral in my life. Maybe do some crocodile, lose an arm. Like it'd just be rough. So I got to get my money straight and we're figuring it out. But once, you know, I'm a little more steady with the job and I understand what I'm doing. And when I get out, these podcasts are going to be banging out. And, you know, we got big things coming up. So I'm excited. We're talking Bills football today, but real quick, I got to do just a little thing on the Sabres. Uh, right now, we just beat the Blackhawks 3-0, which is UPL's second shutout in a row, third on the year. Um, we're we're going to get in on UPL, but the point that I really want to make is we're five points out of a playoff spot, okay? Like, we have an opportunity right now. We do. And we can definitely blow it, and we have blown it before, but we have the opportunity to blow it. You know what I mean? Like, that, it's still there. Like, it's right there. We can fix our ways and, and go and get in the playoffs after, what, I don't even remember how many fucking years at this point. So I, I just hope we can turn it around. But one major factor that's been helping the Sabres team is the play of Puka Pekka Lukanen, UPL. Ubi, motherfucker, when you're at the game, blue, dude, that guy's a dog. I love UPL right now. Um, I'll, I'll be honest too. I was a major hater when it came to Ukapaka Lukin. And last year, I've said it on here and I'll say it again. The motherfucker's runny. He was runny. You, you score a goal on him with two minutes in the period and, and, or two minutes into the period. Then there's another one scored in a minute and a half later. Then another one scored five minutes later. Then another one scored five minutes later. And then it's the second period. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was just extremely hard to watch games with UPL in that he always looked like he had the capabilities and he looked like an NHL goalie, but he just, he didn't, you know, match it very well. This year, came back, new player. And, and you fucking people know if you listen to these Mafia editions, I am a Devin Levi. I am Chris Collinsworth to Mahomes when it comes to Devin Levi. I'm just, I'm just fucking going crazy, dude. I fucking love Devin Levi. And I, I, when I talk about the Sabres, I'd be sucking his dick because I'm all over Levi. I'm like, this dude is the king. He's the next Hashik. He's the next Miller. Said it before. Hashik, Miller, Levi. That's how it's going to end up. I guarantee you. And when it came to the three goalies we had, I was looking for a Comrie Levi net. Just with the way that Levi capped off the year. He started off a little rough this year, and he still looks a little rough. Did some time in the uh, AHL, the Del- De- 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 Developmental League, excuse me, and he came back, and you know he's looked better. But right now, UPL's just been the better goalie at, at this point in the season, and we got to keep riding this hot hand. Right now, actually, tomorrow they will be facing the Tampa Bay Lightning. They will be facing them. Actually, no, wait, no, today. Excuse me. Yeah, I was supposed to have this out on Friday. Oops, I had to work, so I had shit to do. Um, so they'll be facing today in about an hour. They'll be going against the Tampa Bay Lightning at home, which is a winnable game. I think it's a winnable game. I was talking to you know people that I know that watch Sabres. They think it's a winnable game. Uh, I, I want to say, and I'm putting my vote in the hat, that I think Levi's starting today. But I think we keep riding the hot hand in this one. Tampa Bay's got a good team. Uh, let's just go get another good W. Maybe maybe even just get it to like 1-1. Have a real nice master class in between the pipes from Lucan and bring it to overtime and give us the two points. You know, we need them right now. Uh, but, you know, that'll be a good game. 
but UPL has looked fantastic. And also, there's a little speculation going around that my favorite Sabre at the moment, motherfucking Casey Middlestat, might be getting bounced at the trade deadline. You might be getting thrown to another team, unfortunately. Um, the thing is with the Sabres, man, they don't care about stats. They don't care about what the player's bringing to the team. Sometimes they just see value elsewhere, and they think they might have value elsewhere, I should say, and they just bounce players, bro. And I really hope Casey Middlestad stays on this roster. He's been my favorite Sabre for a while now, to be honest. And the way that he is just, you know, everything that was wrong with Casey Middlestad, he fits. And it's been a slow progression. It's not like he's, boom, okay, Casey Middlestad's the same player. But, like, think about last year. Dude lost the puck so much. Like, it, it hurt to watch Casey Middlestad get the puck. But he had a nice shot. It's like, what do we got here in this player? And then he comes back this year, and, I mean, there was a point where he was looking like Crosby on the boards with his puck control. I mean, you can't knock what Casey Middlestad has done, not only for this team, but for himself as a player. Why are we going to get rid of this dude? I mean, we did this last time talking about how many even strength points, which is five on five play, how many he has in comparison to other great players in this league. And it was a long fucking list, man. And if you know hockey, that, that list probably pops a lot more to you than it does to me because I'm not as big of a fan as the NHL as I am the NFL. So I think, I think that would be a real bonehead move by the Sabres right now. We got to keep middle stack and, and, if there wasn't a, maybe I won't say Tage Thompson, because I do believe he is a superstar, hasn't played tremendous this year, but he's starting to gain some traction and momentum, which you like to see. But excluding him, if there wasn't an Alex Tuck, there wasn't a Jeff Skinner, uh, a young J.J. Paterka, who had a gross shot in that Blackhawks game, not to get off topic, just one entry weight into the net, and it was at that goalie's ear hole, and he just fucking fucking sniped it like Chris Kyle. But if you don't have that Tuck, Skinner, Paterka, Young Jack, Quinn, uh, Owen Power, Rasmus Dahlin, if you don't have all these players with these expectations, you'd be talking in, in the NHL, uh, excuse me, and the NHL would be talking a lot more about Casey Middlestad. And he should be in that All-Star game. He has played tremendous this year. He has done what the Sabres have asked him to do every fucking year. And even though it wasn't like, you know, two or three things fixed from 2019 to 2020 or like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't in bunches and it took a little while. He fucking did it. And he looks great right now. So I really hope that the Sabres make the correct decision when it comes to the trade deadline. I don't get rid of, don't get rid of middle stat. He's, he's just done so very well this year, and I'm so happy to see his progression. And he is a fun player to watch. And he, sometimes, some nights, he is the driving force that keeps his offense in the game. So I just I think that would be a real bonehead move. I understand what you have younger than Middlestat, but Casey Middlestat's still a young guy. How the fuck? I can't remember how old he is. Let me look this up real quick. But I know that he's not extremely old. I, I I don't know when he got drafted. When was it? Hey, we have the same birthday. 
Oh my god, me and Casey Middlestat have the same birthday, different year, but same date. What a what a fucking guy. See, I knew I knew there was a reason I liked this motherfucker. Swear to God. And oh yeah, he's 25 years old. So young dude, keep him on the roster. And and real quick, before I cap off the saber section, because uh, I'm not gonna go over every stat from the game. I there's just bigger things to talk about with Bill's football. Um, but in these last two games, UPL Two shutouts, 47 saves. And he's looked good doing it. And he's making flashy plays. I mean, we look back, I think it was a month ago or two months ago, when he had that save with the paddle. That might go for fucking save of the year. Let's keep UPL in that. And let's go get a dub against fucking Tampa Bay today, 1230. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I, hmm. I think it's probably going to be... It's either Tampa Bay is going to run with it, or we're going to actually play hockey. So. I'm going to say that it's a 2-1 overtime win, Sabres. I just think that, you know, UPL in that right now is nice. And this Sabres roster is starting to get healthier. We always have some issues, like Eric Johnson just got cracked in the back of the net. So he's out for a little while. I, I believe Skinner's playing today. And I think Samuelson, too. Was he out? I can't remember. But I don't know. I think we have an opportunity to go get a win today. Hopefully it's an overtime so we can get some points. And hey, we're five points out. We can still get in. Let's not give up on this team like we were giving up on the Buffalo Bills in December. Okay, let's not. We all saw the stats. Like, you know, December, I believe it was December 2nd they went off of. I mean, Philadelphia, they're in a playoff spot and they got the best record in the league. They're 10 and 1. And then, you know, the fucking Miami Dolphins, nine and three, and they end up eleven and six, and we're at six and six, and we're now on a six-game win streak with the wild card round included. Like, we can't give up on the Sabers like we gave up on the Bills. So go Sabers, rock on, go Bandits. By the way, I got nothing to say about them. They just caught another dub. <laughs> Woo! Across. Anyways, let's talk about fucking Bills football because I'm a little late on it. Uh, I didn't get an episode out for the Steelers game. Uh, because I was there, I actually attended the fucking game. It was my first playoff game in any league. No, no, because last year I went to game one of the finals for the Bandits, which was electric as fuck. Um, and that was a great game. But when I went to the first game of you know the fucking finals for the Bandits, they went all the way. So maybe I go to the first game of the Steelers game, the wild card round, and they go all the way. Maybe they go all the way. I don't know. They could go all the way. And we'll, we'll have to see what happens. But great game to start off the playoffs. <coughs> oh, my God. Excuse me. Yeah, great way to start off the playoffs for the Buffalo Bills. Um, just played together. Played their game. The crowd came with energy. Uh, it, I want to say that messed up the offense a little bit. I think Pittsburgh had some moments, but momentum was clearly on the Bills' side the whole fucking way throughout the game. Um, and honestly, I, I got to give props to Josh Allen for this game, obviously, and we will get into the stats of it all, but I think this was a well-rounded offense that we saw in this game and a banged up defense that had dudes from the bench come in and play well and make meaningful plays and just. It was it was gorgeous. It was a wonderful game to attend. 
Bills Mafia was fucking rowdy. I was up 306, dude. That corner, like, because you know how they, they always say over the fucking PA, they're like, if you throw any more snowballs, we're going to fucking arrest you. And everybody's like, oh, I'm not going to throw any snowballs. I'm a pussy. So, you know, they do the snow celebrations and toss them up. 306, there ain't no security guard up at the top that's going to take us down. So we were, I was in a great section with a bunch of dudes. Just great energy because I get crazy at those games. I scream, I shout, I let it all out like Will I Am. But like, I really get fucking rowdy at these games. So when I have people around me that are feeding that energy to me, it's just, I just turn into fucking Super Saiyan, bro. I get like a blue orb around me or whatever the fuck happens. I don't watch anime. And they just, oh, it's awesome. It's beautiful. So we had some, some people around us that were Steelers fans and, we ended up making a, a whole row of Steelers fans leave and go to a different section. There was these fucking dudes down low, and I'm screaming at him. I'm like, fuck you, Palomalu. He's like, hey, fuck you. I'm like, I bet you're a great guy, but go fuck yourself. You're a Steelers fan. He's like, I'm not a great guy. I'm like, well, fuck you and your team. You fucking piece of garbage. I was pelting snowballs at him and his son. They didn't know where they were coming from, too. I was, I was throwing them and then like clapping and like whistling. They didn't know where I was fucking coming from. I was sniping them right in the back of the neck. So it went down their fucking sweatshirts. It was awesome. I'm throwing snowballs. I'm getting rowdy. Uh, and it was an easy game to get rowdy for. This team played great. I mean, and you look at even the start of the game. We came out swinging. And we, we didn't hold back. And there was times with the Bills, not this year, but in the years that we were a little more dominant, where sometimes we'd let, or, okay, let me retract that statement. I'd say even last year and, and early this year because of Ken Dorsey, we let our foot off the gas pedal a lot. This time and, and recently, we have not let our foot off the gas pedal and we need to continue to do so. This team was vulnerable on defense, losing TJ Watt. If you're an NFL fan, you have seen the numbers when TJ Watt is playing and the numbers when he's not. It's a, it's a very vast difference. So, honestly, we had it pretty fucking easy because we had to key in on Minka Fitzpatrick. And they, you know, their best corner is a first year guy in Joey Porter Jr. And Patrick Peterson, as much as he changed my childhood, he has not been good for the Steelers, period. Like, and I'm not even a guy that sits in my room and looks at the stats all fucking day. I don't care. I see this shit on Instagram and I just have an opinion. And when I watch Steelers games, he does not look worthy of being on the field. I think he's working off his name now. He he has his moments. I want to say he has an interception or maybe two this year, but not a lot of memorable plays like young Pat Pete. So I just think this this game was given to us if we were willing to take it. And we've all been through the Josh Allen playing to the level as the other quarterback. This time, he bucked the fuck up and he played well. I mean, we came out swinging. We got to stop. We're throwing the ball downfield to Kincaid. Kincaid is getting involved as much as we wanted him to. And also, Stephon Diggs, right in this game. Absolutely fantastic showing from fucking Stefan Diggs. He came out seven catches for 52 yards. Okay, he's re-involved. Joe Brady's doing it different. 
We understand that, right? Every class understands. Good. Joe Brady is getting him involved in the screen game, bringing RPOs to this offense and using them. I mean, Ken Dorsey did have some RPOs, but he didn't necessarily use the pass option in that play. He always handed it off to Cook. And as much as our offensive line has been fantastic this year, it's the best offensive line we've probably had in 20 years on this team. And we have the best running back we've had since, I'd say, even Fred Jackson. Like, this is beautiful. We love to see what's happening with the Buffalo Bills. But sometimes certain teams are going to stop your fucking tricks when it comes to running the ball. So, I don't know. I just, I think with having the RPOs being used now, especially with a guy as shifty as Stephon Diggs, uh, this offense is far from limited. And I really hope we don't lose Joe Brady uh, in the offseason to be a head coach because he's really. You know, I did. I don't want him to be like Dable. I think he wants to be here. He enjoys calling this offense. So I hope we don't lose him. But I feel like his resume is just becoming to look more and more enticing in his short time being an offensive coordinator for the Bills. Uh, then I, I also talked about Kincaid. Kincaid has looked good. Caught a touchdown in this game. He did, and it was. A, I think it was like a 19 yarder. It was a pretty sweet throw. I'm liking how Kincaid's looking. And I'll tell you what, man. That Knox contract looks real ugly now. Knox is dropping a lot of wide open balls. $12 million a year, cuz. $12 million a year for Dawson Knox to essentially be a blocking tight end and a red zone threat every now and then. Every like five fucking games. And I mean, he catches the first touchdown in this game, I understand, but that's his only catch. Like, are you going to be like our fucking Gerald Everett? Are you going to be our goddamn, what, what's, the, what's that motherfucker's name? Oh, I can't remember. Hell, even like Jimmy Graham nowadays. Like, is that how this is going to be? I hope, I hope we do the right thing with Knox's contract and either restructure and bring that price tag a little down or we just give him the caboots. Because I think with Kincaid, um, Knox is becoming a lot more useless. Uh, but anyways, you know, Knox goes on and score uh, and scores, excuse me. And then this dude behind me is like, man, I'm feeling a turnover. I don't know what it is. And a couple plays later, bang, fucking catch out of the, it was about five yards from the line of scrimmage from Pickens and Taron Johnson <laughs> punches that ball out and, and we get the ball back in the first quarter and we already got seven on the board. And we're working back on offense. And when this offense gains its momentum, it's very hard to stop. But we came in and made plays early. There's three turnovers in the first half. And that first turnover, bro, it was one play. We just threw it down the middle of Kincaid. We're like, here you go, buddy. Touchdown. You guys are back on offense, by the way. If you're snoozing on the bench and you forgot, you're back on offense. And then they come down. They hit some big strikes downfield. But then all of a sudden, they hit Fryermuth on like a little corner route. It, it, it was first and 10. They're on their like fucking nine-yard line. And he throws it to like the 40. And this dude just gets low-cut tackled. And Balin Specter or Braylon Specter, however you pronounce that, comes out and recovers a Christian Benz or Christian. Holy fuck. Can't speak today. Spectre comes downfield, chasing the ball, being a good linebacker, and he comes and picks up Benford's fucking fumble. 
on a low cut tackle from Firemuth, and all of a sudden we have the opportunity to go get another seven and go up three scores before the second quarter even starts. But they fucking call it back. And I'm not going to lie, boys and girls, this is not even a Bills biased moment from me right now. If I'm, dude, if I'm a fucking Jets fan and I see that call get reversed, I'm mad at the NFL. And that call gets fucking reversed and they keep the football. These refs, dude, I don't want to go in on a huge tangent on the refs, but holy Christ, am I sick and tired of the fucking refs in the NFL. Anyways, we come back. And we're beating their fucking ass. I think Greg Rousseau gets his sack at that point. Takes down Rudolph. Fucking schmacked. And then all of a sudden it's third and eight. And they go out. And they dish it down low. The fucking Fryermuth. That guy is a fucking god. I love Pat Fryermuth. He's good in fantasy too. If you get Fryermuth in fantasy, you get pretty lucky. But anyways, we get down there in the red zone. And because... Rasul Douglas was out in this game. We got Dane Jackson and Christian Benford. But we also have Elam playing. And we all know how we feel about Elam this year. And, and early in this game, in the second quarter, he goes and fucking P.I.'s Deontay Johnson on the goal line. Bills fans are just, are you fucking kidding me? No, no, we're not kidding you, pal. We're not kidding you. Elam goes and fucks up again. So everybody's pissed in the stands, dude. I'm fucking cussing him out. I've been sick of Elam this year. Uh, ever since we got Rasul Douglas, I'm like, keep him and Benford. If Trey's got to walk, fuck, man. We got to do what we got to do. So I'm, I'm very hypercritical of Elam. So at this point, I'm very upset that now they got a shot on like our five-yard line or goal line even. And now they've got an opportunity to go and make it a one-score game. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a little comeback route is ran by Deontay Johnson. And who's still covering him? Who's still being tested on the outside? Who does fucking Sean McDermott put on the outside one-on-one with the teams, you know, debatably at this point, with George Pickens' best receiver? Kyrie Elam. And who comes up with a goal line interception to spin the rock? Tire fucking Elam. What do we have in this kid? What do we have? Is he is he an all-pro player? Is he a pro bowler? Does he have the abilities to do these things? Not this year. I know not this year. I'm not that stupid. But like, what is he? I can't tell. But at the end of the day, you know I'm up in them 300s throwing fucking snow going nuts. Walking in a winter wonderland. Also, but I should say, shout out everybody who is shoveling out the stadium. Wild card round, divisional round, doesn't matter. Shout out to all you people. We've been shoveling, and, and also be safe. There's more snow coming. I think there's supposed to be snow tonight. Here we go. Fucking old New York weather forecast. Uh, it doesn't look like we're getting any more snow. Wait. Oh, the forecast changed. Hey, as of fucking 1130 on, what is it today? Saturday? Yeah, no, we got cloudy skies with a high of 18 and a low of about 15. And then tomorrow on Sunday, oh, early in the morning, it's going to be nice and sunny. It's going to get a little partially cloudy. And then by the time the game comes, it's going to be cloudy. 
And you know what we're hoping for? A little bit of that snow, a little bit of that white stuff. Mmm. Let it fly down onto the stadium. I would love that. But, you know, we, we might not have any snow coming. Who knows? They're weather guessers. But if there is more snow coming, be safe. Snow is dangerous. Don't be fucking stupid. If you live in Buffalo, you understand. Motherfuckers die from shoveling. And and dumb people like me who be flipping off my truck into the snowbanks, I can fucking suffocate. So, you know, be careful. But to the people who are not only shoveling their house out and their neighbors and their family and are also shoveling out the stadium, thank you so much. Shout out to my homie Nick Gomorowski. What a dog. Okay, he's out there shoveling. Shoveling out my section. I'm like, rock on, brother. Do your fucking thing. So shout out you people getting a fucking extra bag from this uh, little snowstorm we've been having. But if there's any more, look out for your friends and family. But what I ask from you know everybody who's in there shoveling the snow, keep a little bit of that snow confetti under the seats, all right? I need some ammo. I need to throw it up in the air. I got to pelt Chiefs fans. Like, I talk shit a lot at Bills games to opposing fans because I walk in there thinking we're going to win every single time. Bro, I'm gonna, I probably will leave this game with a black eye. Because Kansas City fans, like, Steelers fans just let it happen. They're like, all right, we suck. You guys are better. We're probably going to lose, but we're happy to be here. So when you're talking shit to them, it's easy as fuck. Now this is some serious shit. And this team's just as good. So they're going to be just as cocky as I am. And, you know, I'm probably going to get punched in the face at the end of the day. But it'll be worth it because the Bills are going to walk out victorious. So I'm just going to do what has to be fucking done, ladies and gents. But by any means, let's get back to this fucking football game. We spin the rock off the Elam momentum shifting interception. Diggs catches a couple of balls. We work our way downfield. And James Cook, I got to shout out James Cook. 18 carries, 79 yards. The motherfucker looks great. He's a complete hit of a second round pick as a running back. I mean, ends the league, or excuse me, ends the year regular season wise as fourth in the league rushing. I mean, just great showing. From James Cook. And he has a good carry on this drive. And then all of a sudden, I'm up in, I'm up in the 300s. We had you know, three turnovers. Technically two because one got called back. And I'm looking at this dude behind me who guesses the first turnover. Second drive comes out. Fryermuth fumble happens. He guessed a turnover. And it didn't technically come, but it happened. The action happened. It should have been a turnover. And then he calls it again. And Elam intercepts it. So I'm looking at this motherfucker. I'm rubbing his head. I'm like, you're a goddamn genie. Dude, I grant my three wishes. Bills win, Bills win, and Bills win. That's all I fucking want. So I'm rubbing this dude's fucking cranium, and all of a sudden, it's about third and eight, sitting on like our like 46, and I look at him, I say, hey man, I'm feeling a Josh Allen hurdle, some vintage Josh Allen hurdle, or maybe like running someone over. It's like, all right, word, word, word. All of a sudden, Josh Allen on third and eight starts running. <laughs> fucking gets up. And he works his way to like the 40. And now he's, you know, there's three guys blocking for him. And he's got some fucking player, I don't remember who exactly, running right at him. Rashad slows down, chops his fucking feet, and then he breaks the first tackle. And all of a sudden, he's in between these two corners. And then, dude, all. And there's a sonic boom and snow goes flying and I can't see what's going on. I'm up in 300. Like, what the fuck is happening down there? And I'm trying to see and the smoke settles. And I realize the sonic boom that has now ruined my hearing and kids of all ages in the stadium. 
as this fucking snow settles, I see Josh Allen <laughs> hustling his ass off down the field for a 52-yard rushing touchdown. This, okay, now understand this. I've been to a lot of sports games. I've been to Buffalo sports games, every sport we offer, and, and I've been to Cavs games. Like, I've been to Globetrotters games, if you want to fucking count that. Yeah, I've been to those. I've been to a lot of sports games. I have never once felt a stadium erupt. Like when Josh Allen ran 52 yards in the wild card round against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was dancing. I was dancing. That's what I was doing at that point. We're jumping around, throwing snow. I'm looking down on those fucking bitch-ass Steeler fans. I'm like, Jerome Bettis, hey, fuck you, pal. Looks back at me, fuck you. I'm like, I can't hear you. I'm him and Lulusi. Fuck you, pussy. <laughs> Fucking it up, dude. Really chopping it the fuck down up in 306, dog. Getting rowdy. It was incredible. And I called a vintage Josh Allen play, and goddammit, I'll stand on it. I'll stand on it. He looked great. Looked absolutely fucking great. You know who else looked great in this game? Ed Oliver. Constantly disrupting at the point of attack. The Bills won at the point of attack, which is the offensive line, consistently throughout this game. Great play by the fucking Hogs down low. All the offensive linemen, all the D linemen. Uh, and shout out to some even some role players. Deontay Hardy had a nice little 30-something yard catch. You know what? I mean, Hardy is been a real disappointment this year, but shit, man. I mean, that's just another big chunk play that happened for this Bills team. And I mean, we really walked down the field like four or five times, and we're about to go up, but even more than three scores, and we're going to go up and fucking get 24 zip, and then Tyler Bass kicks it at some motherfucker's head hard as shit. So hard that it bounces back 30 yards and everybody's got to hustle downfield to get to the fucking ball. And who's our last line of defense? Sam Martin, AFC special teams player of the month. <laughs> Running hand warmer in hand. Hand warmer does not leave the hand. Fuck you. I need this. It's cold as a motherfucker out here. He's running, and then all of a sudden, Chris Kyle up in the stands <laughs> takes out his fucking hamstring. He's cramping, holding his ass cheek. Tyler Bass is trying to hustle. Fastest kicker ever recorded in next-gen stats history. <laughs> running his ass off, trying to get downfield, and they fucking recover it. And they spin it downfield, and they score Deontay Johnson touchdown. And it wasn't, it wasn't even fucking Elam, though. I'd love to see Elam on Deontay Johnson for a third time. I'd love to see round three. But fucking Dane Jackson lets up a touchdown to a very dynamic receiver. I, I believe Dane Jackson has played very well this year in the moments that we've needed him. He stepped up for Rasul Douglas, gave him time to rest and, and relax after that last regular season game because he ends up hurting his knee a little bit. And now look at it. I mean, fast forward in this game, Christian Benford hurts his ankle a little bit. So now he's going to be out on Sunday. But Rasul Douglas had that time to recover. And Dane Jackson stepped up and said, I got this. He said that to him on the sideline at the Miami game. I mean, what more do you want to hear from a guy who's, I want to say, on the brink of this roster now that we have Rasul Douglas. And Elam is playing a little bit better, but developing. Benford has been a, a solid number one for us since we lost Trey. And by the way, we still have that guy. And he's out there working his ass off to get back on this field, and I hope it doesn't change him now with an ACL and an Achilles injury. 
I still think Trey White has the chance, but the secondary is still clamps. Okay, this is still clamps. And Dane Jackson, who's been on the brink of being in this team, or on this team, excuse me, and, and wasn't used as a platoon corner this year, and it was just Trey Day and, and Benford outside. He's now stepping up and showing his worth. So I'm very happy with what Dane Jackson has brought. So I don't want to diss him too much on the Deontay Johnson touchdown, but it would have been cool to see a shutout. Not going to lie. We get the ball back with a little bit of time left in the second quarter. We end up really just doing nothing with it, and we kneel it out. But that first half, holy shit. That, that's the way you want to start off in the playoffs. And then we come back in the second quarter, and, and we, we lull a little bit. We hit a little lull. We get sacked, gets the third and 17, and Josh Allen ends up ripping it to like the flat. And I'm like, I, I just, sometimes it feels like Josh Allen just makes these bonehead moments when it's third and 17. I know you're trying to make a play. You're trying to chop it down because you get, you know, your fourth down if you even want to use it because they're in their own territory at this point. But like, throw the ball downfield. Throw the ball downfield. And the reason I'm saying this, and I understand that could be reckless, and it's a playoff game, and they can intercept it, and it's happened before to this team. I get it. And realistically, it was probably the better decision to check it down. But with the team that we were facing and the weakness, which I believe is their secondary, aside from Minka Fitzpatrick, go take a shot at fucking Pat Pete. Like, really. Go test Joey Porter Jr., and if you have to use motions or schematically, you know, get the matchup with him and Diggs, go let Diggs do some work on the young guy. Like, let's take a shot. But I get it. Like, they're, they're trying to play safe. Joe Brady is calling his first playoff game. He wants to win. So I understand. But, you know, it's just being an NFL fan and seeing that happen all the time. It just it makes you a little, it makes you feel some kind of way. And I don't know. I, I just think we have playmakers on this team that would beat the shit out of the Pittsburgh Steelers, which we did. Like, don't get me wrong. We kicked some ass. But we received a little bit of an ass kicking, too. I mean, you see Terrell Bernard go down in this game with an ankle injury. And that's no good. You know, we don't want that to happen. He's been our best defensive player this year. I think he's had like 130-something tackles, a couple picks, a couple sacks, TFLs flying to the ball. He goes down with an injury later in this game at this point. Like, it, and, you know, Benford gets hurt. Terrell Dodson's already out. So at, at this point, now Dane Jackson's our first corner with Elam. And, you know, now the linebackers are Balin Specter and Dorian Williams. What the fuck, man? We can't get a break with these injuries. We just, we really can't. But, in any means, in the third quarter, they keep driving down the field. Uh, Dean Jackson comes up with a big pass breakup. They kick a field goal. They go up like, it, what, 21 to 10 at this point? And then we let James cook a little bit. We let him saute some shit, hit the fucking fryer, put some fries in the fryer, and get started. And it, we just we run the ball so effectively with Joe Brady calling the plays and with our offensive line at this point. I mean, and, and there was a point where we got to third and one, and we tried to tush push it, and then we didn't get it, so we lined right the fuck back up. Joe Brady's got nuts. 
He's got to carry him with the fucking wheelbarrow. Like that South Park meme. Like he he knows what he has in this team. And we go out and we get a fucking first down and it keeps us driving. And then we get more plays by Kincaid. We get a ball caught by Shakir. Like, and man, obviously when it comes to Josh Allen coming and making plays outside of the pocket, I mean, you know, he's rolling right. And I, as soon as he rolled right, I'm looking at the dudes in the section. I'm in. He's he's running. He's running. Stop. Everybody shut up. He's going to do some cool shit. And he fucking zips one. We get that matchup with Joey Porter and fucking Diggy Poos. And who comes up with it? Stephon Diggs, which would have worked that way a little bit more in this game to put him on Joey Porter. But like, man, there's, there's moments where you just know shit's going to go down. Like, Josh Allen rolling out of the pocket. You know something crazy is going to happen. It already happened in the first half with a 52-yard run. I knew it was going to be a great game from the jump. Steve Tasker gets on the mic. I'm up in fucking 306. Steve Tasker's talking. Shut the fuck up. He's a legend. I just knew we were going to kick some ass today. And, And we continue to kick ass from vintage Josh Allen plays. And this offense just rolling. I love it. And honestly, I feel like there was moments where we made mistakes offensively or maybe had a bad play. You know, anything can happen. But Tyler Bass was very successful in this game. I, I can't honestly remember how many field goals he kicked. I want to say it was like three or four field goals. Ah, wait a minute. Let me look at this. I, I, I know it was a couple. Yeah, he ends up kicking three. Oh, holy fucking shit. Boy, am I wrong. I'm wrong. I just caught myself right in the lie. He did not play good. He went one for three. And obviously that one play literally bouncing off some lineman's head. You know, uh, but but he makes a field goal to push it to 24-10. But yeah, never mind. I, I, I apologize. I am lying. That motherfucker did not have a good game. He has not had a great season. Uh, but you know who did kind of shine in this game a little bit? Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph proved his worth to the Steelers team. And to this point, I mean, everybody's known it's Pickett. They're rolling with Pickett. He's the hometown guy. But Mason Rudolph stepped back in the pocket against a very aggressive and effective offensive line and, and just has played great. He has played great to the point where now Mike Tomlin said they're going to keep Kenny Pickett, but also give Mason Rudolph a chance to compete with Pickett in this offense and and earn the right to be the number one quarterback. And I I have to give respect to him. He's played great. He managed this game well, but unfortunately we got the early heads up on him. We did with the turnovers. But I mean, look at Mason Rudolph's stats in this game. Aside from the one pick from Elam, 22, uh, 22 completions on 39 attempts. Not the greatest completion percentage, but 229 and two touchdowns. You know, and there was points where we gave them the ball back and they just came up short. So they had the opportunity to get back in this game several times, especially in the first half, but they didn't. And it goes from having a young team and shit happens. But it's 24-10. We kick the field goal. They come down and they score another touchdown. And I mean, off a couple plays being carried by the receiving core in George Pickens, in Deontay Johnson. And then, I, I don't even know, some, what's his name? Fucking Calvin Austin comes up with a touchdown. 
okay, at least you have some sort of third option aside from well, in the receiving game. I think your first couple options are Johnson, Pickens, and Fryermuth, but you know, whatever. Kellen Austin comes up with a touchdown, but I think Kent, or excuse me, Mason Rudolph played a very good game. Aside from that one goal line touchdown, or uh, Jesus Christ, I'm having a rough time talking today. Uh, the goal line interception from Elam. But anyways, they score. It's 24-17. They're still in this game. Josh Allen comes out, rushes a couple times, gets hit late. People were also saying, and I meant to bring up with the 52-yard touchdown, there's a point where Josh Allen runs you know, straight towards him, starts chopping his feet real low. And people are like, he's giving himself up. Like he's fake sliding like Kenny Pickett did. But and they're trying to pull that argument just because they're Steelers fans and it's the greatest thing that's happened to their franchise since going, you know, above 500 for like 25 years. But like, that wasn't a fake slide. It wasn't a fake slide. He was just slowing down, regaining traction. The, the, oh, fuck. I got to lock in. The field is slippery. Like, he's just trying to gain his traction. He wasn't fake sliding. But then he comes down and, you know, rushes once or twice on the next drive. James Cook is running the ball well. He slides and he gets hit late. And then and then Steelers fans want to be like, oh, he's baiting him with the fake slides. They don't know if he's going to fucking go down because of that 52-yard touchdown where he literally stuck his dick in all of our assholes. Like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Honestly, just be quiet. Wait, you're, you're incorrect. He got hit late. And you know what he does? Because he gets hit late and gets disrespected. Hits his dog, Mr. Khalil Shakir. What is he, fifth round guy? When did Khalil Shakir get drafted? I think it was either the fifth or the fucking, um, or the sixth round. Was he was the fifth round pick out of Boise State. That cool ass fucking field. And I, I looked at him when we drafted him. I looked at, you know, his size. His uh, his playmaking ability in his tape and his highlights. I look at all the rookies because I'm so excited for the season. And I thought he looked like a good receiver that made plays in big moments. But how much is that going to translate from the college game to the NFL? I I'm not going to sit here and say that I thought that he was going to be the player he is. I will say with Christian Benford, I called him being a, a hit over Elam in training camp the year he got drafted with Elam. I didn't call this for Khalil Shakir, but boy, am I happy with what we've got in this kid. He is a great pickup in the fifth round who makes plays and moments just like he did in college. And what happens? Josh Allen's pissed off. He's going downfield. He's like, you know what? Let's go score another touchdown on these bitches and get out of here and go home. Get warm. Fucking snuggle up with Haley Steinfeld. You know what I'm saying? That's what he's trying to do at this point. He wants to get the fuck out of Highmark. So he drives downfield and in the red zone, Hits Khalil Shakir on a fucking fit. He's on the 15 yard line when he catches the ball, right? This dude had like a 17% chance of completing this play and converting it into a touchdown or like a 1.7, one of the two. And Minka Fitzpatrick comes on field, grabs him at the back of his jersey, want to throw him, be an angry little pussy like all the fucking Steelers fans. But Khalil Shakir does some fucking. Lego Ninjago shit. You know Lego Ninjago? What you know about that fucking Cartoon Network show? Shit was terrible, but I was all up in it when I was a kid, man. I fucked with Lego Ninjago, bro. I ain't saying no slurs, okay? 
I, I've not watched that motherfucker. The Master Wu, whatever the fuck his name was, that's probably a little racist. But Khalil Shakir fucking keeps his balance, spins off the tackle from one of the best safeties in the league, starts running downfield. Now he's surrounded. He's, FBI, he's surrounded. And he's like, no, fuck you. He turns on the Jets, hang, hang, makes a dude miss, breaks another tackle. All of a sudden, Dawson Knox is hugging this little midget dude we found from Boise, and he's hugging him, and we score. Our final touchdown of the game on an absolute master class of a play from a slot receiver. The place goes nuts. There's snow flying. There, there, there's so much snow flying that there's actually snowmen floating. <coughs> oh my God, I'm getting excited. Floating in the air. And they're looking down on Bill's Mafia smiling because they were created uh, not only by the hands of us, but the hands of God him fucking himself. And we come out and win this game. Bang, Doc. And I saved this point for last because there's one man. Here's the thing with me, folks. I, I, I'm a jersey collector. I like jerseys, I like signed jerseys, but I like wearable ones. I like wearing them out. People say, dude, there's a certain age where you're not supposed to wear jerseys. Go fuck yourself. All right, I like my fucking jerseys. I think they're cool. Here's why. I don't, like, if you're an NBA fan, you probably got a Jordan jersey or a Kobe jersey or. You know, Jason Tatum or Giannis. I'm not like that. I like I like cool jerseys. I like shit like players that you don't really talk about as much. Not star players. Like, you know, I, I got a fucking Jason Williams white chocolate jersey. Alright, I got a Bob McAdoo powdered blue Buffalo Braves jersey. I, I just recently acquired. Actually, I, I'm lying. My girlfriend's funding this habit. Shout out you, Kenzie. She's out here buying me jerseys every time birthday, Christmas comes up, what you want? I want a jersey. Let me get you something meaningful. That is meaningful. Jersey, please. And uh, she's fucking funding this habit. She's bought so many of them. So shout out to you. I got fucking recently this Christmas, Ricky Williams, Texas Longhorn. That boy who couldn't stop smoking herb. That boy loved pop more than millions of dollars. Respect to him. I, I got that jersey. I bought down in Cleveland fucking Dirty Birds Deion Sanders jersey. I fucking love role players. I like people that we don't talk about as much. People with fun stories like Ricky Williams who just can't stop smoking pot for some fucking reason. Like, I love those jerseys. I'm copping an AJ Klein jersey as soon as humanly possible. Not only have I loved Klein since he got on the team, what, maybe 2020, 21, and he's just this guy recently now because he's an older dude in the NFL but proven he had his time down in New Orleans with the long locks and now he's up in Buffalo he's doing his thing I, I love AJ Klein and he's been on the brink of this roster he comes around when we need him and he shows the fuck up this dude is in an RV with his family ready to go on a fucking road trip Buffalo Bills call who's this Buffalo Bills Billy the Buffalo we need you up here pal he drops a family vacation Daddy's got to go play football. Okay, Dad, see you later. And he just fucking comes to Buffalo. He's suited up on the plane. Everybody's looking at him left and right. They're all from Pittsburgh. What a fucking retard this guy is. Little do they know he's going to fucking play in the game and have 11 tackles and lead the team. Shout out AJ Klein. I love you. Thank you for being a Buffalo Bills player. Thank you for coming to this team. We appreciate you. I feel like he's slowly becoming... One of those players that we forget about. Like one of the greatest, in my opinion, one of my favorite receiving yard seasons I've ever seen or receiving seasons from a wide receiver in the NFL. Cole Beasley, 2020. 
You know what I'm saying? I feel like people are forgetting about Beasley. Like, there's these guys that come in and make a huge impact, and we don't remember them. We just don't for some reason. So, shout out AJ Klein for being the dog you are. For you know, and shout out to his family for letting him play and and helping this team. You, you're a fucking god, dude. Rock on, you animal. We love you, AJ Klein. Um, but yeah, so the Bills come out of this game, thirty-one seventeen. I mean, Josh Allen. Right now, if you don't believe this, you're just wrong. You are witnessing the greatest playoff performer this league has ever seen. And I say that with my chest. I'm 100% honest. This is the best playoff performer the NFL has seen. Fuck, like, in the next-gen stats era or, you know, since 2000, since the fucking formation of the league. Since the American Football League and the National Football Conference were different leagues. Seriously, fuck that. Like, it doesn't matter. He's the greatest. Comes out of this game 21 for 30, 203 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, haters, fucking pussies. And he also is second on the team in rushing with 74 yards on eight carries and a touchdown. Right behind James Cook, 18 carries, 79 yards, no touchdown, four and a half average. And then... Leonard Fournette didn't even play in this game. He's now released by the team. Latavius Murray doesn't get a carry in this game. I wonder why. The emergence of Ty Johnson. I've said this before. Eight carries, 26 yards. Big plays, though. At the end of this year, when he started to get more involved, kind of getting like, it felt like the, the Bills were getting a gauge on if they wanted to keep him or Fournette, who was worth the money. And they'd start running the ball with Ty Johnson. He's getting like five yards of carry. Who is this guy? Great pickup by Brandon Bean in this management uh, of the organization, the managers of the organization and the, the scouting teams, because this dude was a hit that was just sitting on the Jets bench. Shout out Ty Johnson doing what he needs to do, coming in, sometimes being a third down back and getting it done. Thank you for what you've done. Leading the the team in receiving yards was Kincaid, three for 59 and a touchdown. Just what we wanted to see from the kid. First touchdown for him in the playoffs. Shout out you. Stephon Diggs, seven catches, 52 yards. Hardy had one for 34. Shakir had three for 31, but that's 72, or excuse me, 17 yard touchdown. And uh, Latavius Murray caught a couple balls. Knox caught a touchdown. Really kind of a quiet game on the receiving side of it. But that's what you want in the playoffs. You want your team to be able to run the ball effectively and drain the clock. You want your team to not have to lean heavy on the pass game and make your quarterback throw the ball 50 times a game. You know, you want your running game to do what it's meant to do. And we came up with that, whether it was, you know, just regular runs with Cook, scrambles by Josh Allen, tush pushes. We, we got it done. I love it. And I love the way that motherfucking Joe Brady is, uh, he's calling this offense. I just, it was great. It was beautiful. Uh, like I said, Klein comes up with 11 tackles, leads the team. Uh, Dorian Williams is up there with seven. You know, there's a couple that Greg Rousseau sacked, the interception by Kyir Elam, the fumble recovery that should have happened with Friar Muth. Uh, who was that, Spectre? You know, Spectre could have came up with one of them. Just a, a well-rounded defensive game from the Buffalo Bills. And then Sam Martin continuing his run. You know, but he was AFC Special Teams Player of the, uh, of the Month in December. This game, three punts, 144 yards, but two of them in the 20. That's the big stat with uh, with punters. 
you know, he only had a 48-yard average, which is still pretty good. You want that to be in the 50s for, like, a good punter. But you want to land it in the 20 and pin the team back, and he's been doing that effectively. So shout out to him. But now he's injured, so the Bills have just brought back Matt Hawk. I think that's how you pronounce it. Matt H-A-A-K. He was a pretty good punter. Uh, I don't know, but we'll see what happens with them. But now we move on, and I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you folks are extremely educated. Excuse me for being so foul. I don't know how educated you fucks are. But let me tell you a little something. Let me tell you a little something about the, the, the National Football League itself. Okay? Since Mahomes has been in the league, because we all know we're facing the Kansas City Chiefs at home divisional round. Uh, since he's been in the league, the amount of times that he has played in Highmark Stadium is one. Only one time. And that time was in 2020, the year of silence, the year of COVID-19, staying in the house. So I'm going to let Deion Dawkins say what he's got to say here, because this is his quote I'd like for you all to hear. I'm just going to let him talk his shit, because shout out Snowman. Another just consistent bill that we have had. But I'm going to let him preach for a minute. Respect. What year is this for, Pat? Seven or eight? Seven. Seven, right? He's only been here once. So he's never been here. Sim- simple as that. Pat has never been to the Bill Stadium in full effect. I'm excited because it'll be, the environment will be different. And not to say it's in our favor, but stadium is our favor. I don't care what nobody says. This is the most dopest feeling I've ever had. Like we've, like we're having two back-to-back playoff games home. Like, come on now. Like, we get to leave and go eat wings. Like, like it's it's cool. So, so, and also in that game in 2020 where there was no fans in the stands, it was a 26-17 Kansas City Chiefs win. But you heard him, man. He ain't never been here. He don't know us. He don't. Seeing us in Arrowhead, but you don't know us. I'm happy to say that I will be attending this game. I'm very proud to say that. Not only another home playoff game with a very nice look to run to the Super Bowl. You know, we're hoping, obviously, for the best. Knock on wood. Knock on, knock on real wood. But I'm happy to say I'm going to be there for Patrick Mahomes' first real experience with Highmark. What I want to say, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to get into depth about this game. I don't. We don't need to. We are looking at the greatest quarterback rivalry since Manning and Brady. This has been said a lot. I'm not the first person to say this, but we are. So we don't need to go into detail here. We know the Chiefs. We know what they bring. We know what they lack. You know everything we need to know. Like we don't, we don't have to sit here and 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 talk about this game for fucking ages like we did with the last game. We don't. All I've got to say is this game is winnable. Undoubtedly, there's 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 no reason we shouldn't take this game. 
Okay. We have every advantage we'd ever want. We've got it, you know, we've got our home field advantage. We've faced them plenty since 2020. We've faced them on the biggest stage in the American Football Conference in the AFC Championship. Lost in disaster. We've faced them in the regular season each year. We've faced them this year and beat them at their place again. We have the ability to win this game as a football team. But also, come on now. We're from Buffalo. We know that shit happens. We've been living with shit happens since the 90s. We've been living with shit happens since four straight Super Bowl losses. We've been living with shit happens since a 19-0 lead blown in Houston our first year back in the playoffs. We've been living with shit happens since, uh, excuse me, the Jaguars game when Tyrod Taylor. Shout out to him right in front of me, signed jersey. Shout out Tyrod bringing us back to the playoffs first time in 20 years. Then Josh Allen gets to the playoffs and we blow it. And then we go and face Kansas City 13 seconds. Then we go and face the fucking Bengals at our house. Blowing. We've been living with shit happens. And, and very often, we are away from our place. More often than not, we are at another team's fucking barn. We have the ability as fans to take this game. We have the ability as fans to shift the momentum of this football game. We have the ability to make quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, who has never even gotten a lick of this place. We've got a chance to fuck with him, with his receivers, with his coordinators being able to communicate fully with him. We can pelt him with snowballs. Be honest, who's, who's willing to get arrested for this team? If I was down in the 100s, I'll get arrested. Honestly, man, when it comes to the people who are going to this game and also the people shoveling the stadium, I, it, it sounds very kind of corny. Can we attack them, please? Can we shut them down on whatever portion we can? Hearing, sight. Okay, don't throw things on the field. But fuck what they're hearing. With their heads. Don't let them hear a snap count. As a fan in the stadium, you have the ability to do that. You do. And there was one time I went to a Sabres game. This woman tells her kids to stop yelling. That's the point, lady. Let them yell. If you're in the stands, yell. Scream. I'll be like fucking, what's his name? Jordan Peterson out of Wolf of Wall Street. Fucking Leo. If, if you're broke, pick up the phone. If your wife thinks you're a piece of shit, pick up the phone. That shit's happening to you? Yell at this game. Scream at this game. 
during defense, during the play, oh, screaming and yelling. And then the play stops and everyone's like this. Hear a fucking needle drop in the, in the bellows of the fucking field. Not even like in the bathroom. You can hear a pin drop. We need to be screaming this whole time. Kick your fucking seats. It's going to be a new stadium soon. Kick them till they fucking break. Okay? Drink until you can't drink no more. Do whatever you've got to do to be as belligerent, to be as rude, to step on as many fucking Chiefs fans' toes as possible. Fuck them. Fuck them. They don't know us. They don't know us. Bring them. Bring on these fucking loony bin worthy, stupid barbecue-eating motherfuckers. Bring them. Bring them. Bring their kids so they know what's fucking coming for them for the next 10 years. Fuck them. Do everything you can possible to get under Chiefs fans' skin without putting your hands on them, without promoting violence. Get as far as you fucking need to go. Yell as loud as you can so Patrick Mahomes can't hear shit. Make Canaries Tony be like, oh, look at these fans, holy shit. Oh, this is a great, great, great aroma, very great feeling in this stadium. And all of a sudden, he's five yards off sides. Make him fuck up. Don't let Andy Reid be able to communicate. Don't let their quarterback coaches. If you're behind the visiting bench, don't let him hear a thing. Don't let him adjust. Scream. Shout. Let it all the fuck out. We're getting serious. Really. This is like Miami. Everything's on the line. Need to be screaming and yelling. No booing your fucking team. Tailgate. Eat food. Be energized. Don't let these fucking people walk into our goddamn stadium and disrespect our fucking team. Disrespect what we fucking built. We've gone through this year. Tredavious White, gone. Matt Milano, gone. Injuries with Jordan Poyer. Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones gone for a long period of time. We've gone through ruts. We've gone through being put into what? Like a fucking one in seven hole or whatever it was in, in Dorsey's last one with the Bills and blowing games. To have the resurgence of this team with Joe Brady. To have Sean McDermott call in the place and putting pressure on these quarterbacks and stepping up and telling them to play and work as a team just as good as the motherfuckers who hijacked the planes on 9-11. Okay, we've built this and it hasn't been fucking perfect. And there was doubt. I had a lot of doubt midseason. Why didn't you think I wasn't posting Mafia editions? Because I was depressed. I didn't want to talk about the Bills. But I will never, and what I've learned from this year, and I was speaking to the fucking Dylan Handeman, shout out Dylan. I will never ever just not believe in this team again. I gave up a lot of hope. But we, we've done this to ourselves and we've dug ourselves out of this hole. And you know who believed? Josh Allen, Deion Dawkins, his team, the core believed when the city didn't. And, and now they are solely the reason that they have a home playoff game. That they're bringing Kansas City to our house. So as a fucking fan, whether you're at home or in that motherfucking stadium, whether you're shoveling it out right now, no matter the case, 
You have to return the favor. Return the motherfucking favor. And oh, don't scream. Don't scream. Howl. Bark at the moon. Go nuts. We can't play. And I'll tell you what, on that other side of the bracket, it's getting thinner. And on our side, man, I, I know what that defense has done. I know what that offense is capable of. I still like us in the game against Baltimore. I still like us in the game against Houston. I do. Let's rest our fucking guys and go get a W. And as fans, control the controllable. We need to get fucking rowdy, folks. And it's going to be chilly. Dress warm. Dress warm. Be safe getting to the game. Now let's go take a W. And you know what, man? Though I think the Bills have the ability to win this game decisively in regular time, man, would I love to see an overtime thriller. So I'm going to bank on a 42. Hmm. Man. 41-38 Buffalo win in OT. Game winner Kincaid. Just so just so that our new little you know, oh Travis Kelsey, our new Travis Kelsey can go catch a fucking fade ball over Nick Bolton in the corner of the end zone, just like the end of that 13 seconds game when Kelsey came up with the catch over Milano. That's what I see. Nice see snow being thrown and drinks being drank and smoke getting smoked. Ladies and gentlemen, go Bills. And as always, control the controllable and be fucking loud. Because at the end of the day, where else would you rather be than right here, right now?